0: Well, Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week and show notes are found at 805connect.com. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of our shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick.
1: Hey, Mark. I think we're finally getting the hang of it.
0: Yeah, just what, we're 106 into this. We'll we'll get it right. Yeah. We're going to get it right right now. I'd like you to meet Ravi Sawney, who is the... CEO and founder of RKS down in the southern part of the 805, down in Thousand Oaks. Hey, Ravi.
2: Hey, good morning.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, Ravi, I don't think you know this, but um, RKS and my company that kind of got me on the map here in Santa Barbara, alias Wayfront, uh, had a relationship by you using our design software for many years.
2: Oh, we sure did. We sure did. <laughs>
0: So that was, I think, we Maya were, and, and Alias Studio. Yeah, that was uh, that was the Al Lopez days. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I'm. I see. Now I'm going to have to call Al Lopez and and tell him. So, yeah, that was a while back. So you've, gosh, you're you're, been doing industrial design and thinking about design problems for, you know, your entire life. What thirty years started at Art Center? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I actually uh, studied. I uh, graduated from Cal State Northridge and took classes at Art Center uh, to augment my education at uh, at Northridge, and then started working uh, when I was a junior uh, in college. Started working in industrial design uh, pretty early on. I so actually started working in industrial design in I think 1976, and from there went to and from there went to uh, to. To Xerox when I graduated, was there a couple of years?
0: What what was the? Can you remember the conversation, or the book, or the something that was the spark that where you said, "Why well, I, I like this idea of design," or where you even found out the design was a thing?
2: Well, uh, it's a, that's a great question. I thought it was a thing, but I thought that was what, what mechanical engineering was. Hmm. The mechanical e- engineering gave form and function. I didn't realize that that engineering was much more focused on, on function uh, and, and came from a different discipline that didn't involve aesthetics or ergonomics or those, those types of disciplines. Where did you learn um, that? Well, I, was, I, I had uh, an incredible um uh, a person who was the Dean of engineering uh, at Cal Saint Northridge and uh, they had just a few a few select students that they that, that they were talking to and he asked me why I was going to engineering and I explained to him uh, all the reasons and he says, well that's great he said but that's industrial design that's not that's not engineering uh, and um, and he said actually industrial design is in the art department. Huh. And I said, "Oh, I said the art department. You mean where, where all the pretty girls are?" <laughs> I said, "Well, that's gonna that's gonna work out just fine for me."
0: <laughs> and so, were you a junior or?
2: That was my that was my my first week of my freshman year.
0: Oh my gosh! And you went, "Hold it! So I'm I in the wrong to, building." So I was
2: able to switch all my classes
0: just like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I had I had. Uh, been involved in, in pottery and ceramics uh, throughout high school and then throughout middle school and into high school, been very heavily involved in not just math and science but, but all of the shop processes. So I knew machining, I knew I knew machining, I knew woodworking, I knew um, I didn't know much about electronics or, or topography, but I'd taken advanced classes in drafting, and so uh, I was I really had the skill set. To fall into industrial design early
0: on, the um, we, we've had a few designers on the show, and uh, recently, uh, a, a graduate of Art Center, and and with Wavefront, we were also very very involved with Art Center, and I've I hold designers way up there uh, in the the you know the, their ability to problem solve. I'm specifically interested in how as a designer you really look at the problem and how to solve it so it's not about like how to make something better but it's why does it need to be better could you talk a little bit about where that fits in with your practice
2: sure i'd be happy to we have a, a process uh we call it advanced design thinking uh it's taught it, it is it is now being taught at savannah college art and design oh. his core curriculum uh in fact i'll oh, it's if you remember, I'll uh, drop me an email, I'll send me a copy of the book on it. And what I discovered in my, in, in my Xerox years uh, was about interaction. I was thrown into a think tank with uh, 30 cognitive scientists, primarily psychologists, PhD psychologists, on interaction. And uh, so I made a pivot early on in, in my career as to how, how do we see design and uh, how is design a tool of interaction? Uh, and so, um, so my perspective is that today design thinking's all the buzz, uh, which is great. Um, in the, in 1985, I wrote an underpinning for my firm that says, it's not how you feel about the design experience, it's how it makes you feel about the self. So in that way, design is a tool that addresses the, the self. Uh, now hopefully not the designer self, but hopefully the consumer self. Hmm. Um, and in the early 90s, I created what's called psychosthetics. Uh Today we call it PA. And at that time, what I did was I looked at Maslow's hierarchy and started interpreting that and built out uh, a mapping system which we, which we use for every successful program uh, that we've created, and we have an incredible track record. Uh, and it maps, uh, it maps interactivity against self-actualization. Uh, so I combined that with my interpretation of Joseph Campbell's work <laughs> in The Hero's Journey and said, now, we should think about design strictly as a tool to take people on this journey. How do you use design to attract people? How do you lead, use design to engage people? How do you lead design use design to have people adopt a new idea, a new process, a new product, a new interaction, a new graphic brand? Uh, and then once you get through that process, you have to continue to think about how do you address the moment of truth. And the moment of truth is when you test it yourself, or you have an audience. Uh, other people see you drive home in your new uh, your new SUV, and your neighbor comes over and says, "I've heard all these great things about about that SUV," and you feel on top of the world. You glow, and that creates a viral uh, component to it. Mm-hmm. That uh, you're, you become a happy storyteller. We call them Angeles uh, and that leads to viral demand so we look at design we look at design as being based in people uh, their needs and aspirations in a, in a tool to create uh, feelings of, of well-being safety self-actualization and such
0: how do you I mean there were there was 800 questions <laughs> in that last uh, answer yeah. thank you I appreciate that. The, the person who's listening right now and they're thinking about their own business or their own product, their own service, and, we, you know, we keep challenging our listener to, to, you know, to rethink what they're doing. How do you get someone to – and let's not go down the design thinking part, but just this – that that questioning. I, I love that. How do you address the moment of truth, but how do you use design? How do you – design as a tool to take you on a journey. Is there – you know, I'm gonna guess you guys are such such world famous folks that it would be hard for a, a solo entrepreneur to engage you. But where could someone read about this level of inquiry and to start questioning their business and their own products and say, "Gosh, how could we add this design back into how we think about our business?"
2: Well, so I, as far as my methodology, psychesthetics, there's a book yeah. called Predictable Magic. Oh. The Predictable Magic has been in publication uh, for now six years, uh, yep. so it's available in e-books and on Amazon.
0: Okay, and you uh, wrote that's that?
2: Published, that was published originally by Wharton uh, Business School Publishing. Got it. Uh, so we worked with the editors at Wharton. Uh, and then there's a Harvard, uh, if you want to know the Harvard uh, website for the business school, we have a Harvard case study on how we reinvented the electric guitar and we used psychosthetics to do that. And that became so popular that, uh, that Harvard uh, enlisted us to work with them and develop a Harvard exercise, which is taught in business schools. Tell um, me about so that. So there's, there's, there's quite a bit of material, uh, material out. And, um, uh, of course, if you're, if you're a student, the, the materials, we have a new handbook uh, that's a classroom handbook. Uh, that is, that's incredible, and we'll see whether we put that into publication. But uh, it really is, it really is a, a very simplified cookbook of psychosetics so it can take people through our form of design thinking uh, and lead them to success. Uh, at, at the end of the day, all this process is just a significant risk mitigator. So whether you're an entrepreneur starting up a new business, uh, out of a garage, or whether you're uh, an entrepreneur uh, in a in a significant corporation, we all have the same challenge: as how do we create meaning and value uh, to the marketplace?
0: What's your favorite part of your day?
2: <laughs> my favorite part of my day. Yeah, you know, no one's ever asked me that question. <laughs> I would have to say, I would say my favorite part of the day is when we interact. When we interact and we discuss and debate uh, the, the projects, um, we, you know, we're, we're, we're up on the whiteboard, we're reviewing concepts, we're debating, we're discussing, we're interacting, uh, and that's where the real creativity uh, comes out um, you know, in, that, in that interaction process.
0: Is that with staff or with clients?
2: it's primarily with staff, but it happens with clients quite a bit, but mostly it happens with staff. Um, so, um, you know, I always I I was, uh, think of, for example, our creative director, Lance Hussey's been with the company 27 years. Um, and, um, and Lance was, was my prize student when I, I used to teach. Huh? I taught at Art Center, but I also taught at Cal State Northridge, and he was my prize student. So we've been together almost 30 years. Wow. And, um, you know very much very much how people harmonize in music and they just just naturally uh, or anticipate and connect uh, you know the, the spoken word is you don't even have to finish your sentence mm-hmm. and they already know what you mean um, you know we have that type of dialogue and it's in the office is an open office everyone learns about psychosex we talk in terms of psychosex but um, it's a very flat organization so everyone has a voice everyone contributes um and i'm not i'm not by any means the director of all, all of this great design work it's all a collaboration
0: do you see um what's the current state of of people coming into the business and the kind of crop of people that you're i i've mean, got, got a sense that with your connections with scad and probably risd and art center and these other you know, great schools, that you're seeing some good people. What would you say about the current state of students coming into the workforce?
2: Well, I, I, the simplest way to put it is that if I was graduating today, uh, I don't think I'd be able to get a job and compete with the graduates who come out today. <laughs> ah. They are, they, they, uh, they're incredibly strong, they're incredibly hungry uh, for knowledge, uh, in insight, in the uh, in, in, not not all of them, you know, within any field, you know, you've got you know the, the ones who are really motivated. Uh, but when we're talking about the, the level of people who are really motivated, driven, and capable, is is uh, is pretty impressive. Um, the the uh, the age has come down of graduates. When I graduated. I was I was truly very young to jump into industrial design on a professional level. I was 22 years old uh, when I started at, uh, at Xerox, and I already had a couple years under my belt. And the average—I think mean, the next youngest person at the team at Xerox was 36 years old. Um, but today,
1: today they're younger,
2: uh, they're brighter, they're driven, um, and um, you know the good ones. The good ones are, are incredible.
0: As you um, get into as the archetype of your life goes from from warrior to mentor, philosopher, uh, that that guy in the business, Um, do you do you like that role? Do you I mean, do you still do you self-identify as that? Are you still more the warrior?
2: I I I would say I wear multiple hats, so I. I dabble enough in the day-to-day, uh, as you call it, being a being a warrior, uh, enough to, to satisfy that, that part of my, my personality and needs. Um, but I would say that I probably rush more on being the mentor and the leader. And, um, at, at that level, I've always enjoyed teaching. Uh, and when you have people and you hire people who are more talented than you are, um, you know, you feed off of each other. So um, my ideas, my ideas. If I have a, a good idea that, that's put out, uh, you know, it gets taken tenfold by these great talented people. Um, so um, it's it's uh, you know it's it's a bit of both. But I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I didn't like it. I can tell you that. Yeah,
0: well, that's that's true. Do you do you have a philosophy about hiring?
2: A difficult philosophy because we have different uh, different mixes but what we uh, you know, our philosophy is that uh, you know you' better off to have a hole in your organization than to have the wrong the wrong person in your organization uh, yeah. and that it truly is uh, a in, in this type of work it truly is a family affair everyone's together more hours than they are actually with their family um, and that you uh, you need people who not only are driven passionate, capable talented people but also who who uh, connect with one another um and um we spend we spend a good healthy week in an open office next to each other talking and dialoguing and and debating and interacting and um you've got to have people who um who who connect with each other so um uh, you know that that includes a firm like RKS from becoming 300, 400, 800, 1,600 people, uh, that, that by design creates more of a swap team approach. So uh, people come to us because they're very determined to get something to market, and they know that we're the guys who do that.
1: Ravi, I, n- I know you've probably told the story a thousand times, but can you, can you give us the, the, uh, the, how, the reinvention of the electric guitar?
2: Which was electric guitar? Isn't
1: there? I thought you had a story about about how you guys. Re- oh, i read
2: lots of stories about the electric. Guitar. Well, there was a
1: redesign. Was there a redesign of the electric guitar? through yeah, yeah, psycho aesthetics.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I started. I started playing uh, guitar as as uh, many many people do later in life. You know, they they had fantasies of being a guitar player, and so at some point you took up a guitar and you decide you're going to learn how to play guitar. I uh, I bought this great uh, acoustic electric uh, guitar from Guitar Center, and um, I looked at guitar stands, and I said, I can't believe that instruments are so beautiful, and the stands that they go on are such junk. <laughs> um, you know, you're taking a, a you know two thousand dollar guitar, and you're yeah. putting it on uh, a, a ten dollar. A bent piece of tube steel that that is just absolutely, in my eyes. It's actually, you know, it's just amazing that you know you should be doing something great for the guitar. So I came back to the team. I said, "Hey, team," I said, uh, "You know, I'm taking lessons and I'm really enjoying playing guitar, but the stand's just so terrible." I said, "Let's redesign the guitar stand." And our, we had several guitar players in the firm. they said, "Well, that'd be fun. Oh, well, why don't we do a guitar?" <laughs> I said. Oh, okay. I said uh, let's let's do a guitar instead. Uh so we uh we started using psychosthetics, we brought in I think we had a room we had sixty guitars in, in one room and that we must the personas, we went through through our whole process and we came up with a concept of an open architecture guitar. What? wait, what? I also at the same same time said, if we're gonna do this it has to be sustainable. That huh. we can't use tonewoods woods from the rainforest and tear down rainforest. To make an instrument, uh, so we uh, we started experimenting and we we uh, we built a, our first study model. And my brother was close friends with uh, Dave Mason, the co-founder of Traffic, uh, so Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Dave Mason. Sure. And uh, and Dave Dave comes to the office and uh, he looks at it and he he kind of laughs at some of the things we've done. And he explains, you know, you guys, you, you guys play, but you know, when you play, you know, the guitar is in your lap, and you're relaxed, uh, and you you uh, play a chord wrong, you just play it over again. So there's so much more to guitar playing than than that. When you're uh, at my level, I'm on stage, I'm singing, I'm playing, I'm moving around, um, and you need perfect balance, you need perfect ergonomics. He says, so what you have doesn't work, but I can work with you to make it to make it happen. So we said, okay, great. You know, so we gave Dave uh, an equity play in the in in a new company. So we started one, and uh, we thought, okay, we'll you know we'll work with Dave a couple months and get this get this ready. So um, uh, it took a couple years uh, <laughs> for, before mm-hmm. before it was stage ready. First time we took it to uh today for a sound check you know we showed up at this you know big theater um you know five thousand person theater and um we're all dressed up and we got our cameras we bring our first prototype and uh you know this is it our guitar is going to be launched dave's going to play the concert with it we hand it to dave he takes it on the sound check he plays about three or four chords he Uh-oh. goes oh great and he and he hands it back to us. He says, "Yeah, we'll talk after the concert."
0: Uh <laughs> oh! <God>. No, that's <laughs> not the plan, year. Dave.
1: Oh. <laughs> it took another
2: year, year past that. But when we did launch, when we did launch, we made the they were put on the cover of Business Week. Uh, the Rolling Stones play our guitars. Uh, you know, Daltrey plays, plays it. Uh, Pete Townsend plays it. Eric Clapton records with it. and We just got great, great acceptance. And they, even though we stopped a few years ago. They have a great legacy. Uh, so, um, And today we have a company called DNA Guitar Gear, which we make stands and hangers and all the guitar accessories. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was fun. We lived the rock and roll lifestyle. It was well. <laughs>
0: all the way from Thousand Oaks. Robbie, what's, what's, uh, what's that, you know, let's look at Joseph Campbell for a second. Where's the, the incoming dragon for you, the, the next big thing you want to slay?
2: Well, we're, we're, we, we started a project, I think, four years ago. I assigned a team to go find uh, problems in the, in the country that design could solve. Hmm. And uh, the team came back with a hundred different things, and I picked out of that. At that time, I picked out student loans. Hmm. So about four years ago, we looked at student loans. We said, this, this is something that design could help with. Uh, so we nurtured it, and we, we, we worked along the way, and about a year ago, we launched uh, a beta version of what we call loan gifting, uh, and so the next big dragon that we're slaying is, is student debt uh, and, and general debt for youth, uh, and so we are, uh, we've, we've built and incubated a new corporation all within RKS that's focused on student debt, and we'll actually relaunch uh, later, within a couple months, uh, we're now actually in, in testing on uh, version 2.0 of loan gifting, which allows students to build their profiles and then to recruit and build uh, who they want to reach out to and then send out invitations. Hey, Grandma, for example. Hey, Grandma, my birthday's coming up. Uh, please don't send me another sweater. I've got, you know, I've got 30 sweaters that I don't wear. How about, how, about, uh, how about giving me $100 towards my student loan? So grandma can use her credit card or direct deposit and send a gift through loan gifting. It'll show up on the student's dashboard and say, hey, your grandmother, you're going to notice grandma just sent you a birthday present of $100. It's going to save you $300 in total, in total debt service. Uh, and they'll save you three months on your loan. Uh, and the money doesn't ever touch the student. It comes in the loan gifting. Loan gifting directly pays down the principal um, to the to the loan holder. Uh, so it's a new phenomenon called loan gifts
0: uh, that we're
2: creating. Yeah, that we're creating. And uh, we hope it's going to help some of the $42 million to $1.3 trillion that we've accumulated in student debt. Uh, and, um, you know, this is a huge burden, huge burden on our younger population. And um, 80% of all parents say, who, say if they have kids that have loans, they intend to pay them off. Um, I think it's 90% of all graduates say that, if, that they would prefer to work for a company that, that provides some type of relief and payment towards their student debt.
1: Yeah, instead of a four hundred one k on that on that on that you know Yeah, there actually
2: legislation pending in Washington uh, that will make uh, paying down a student loan uh, equivalent to an equivalent pre tax deduction for the business. Ah, uh-huh. uh, that's great to idea. A 401K.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, Ravi, I, I love that you're. I mean, that you're taking this big idea. Like, tell your team, go find the problems out in the country that need to solve. They come back with a hundred. So it sounds like you've got another 100 years of work ahead of you for the firm. <laughs> I I know you've got to get um we really appreciate um this time to talk with you and appreciate the the amazing work you've done. I w- um people can find you at um rksdesign.com, yeah?
2: Yes, singular r k s d e s i g com.
0: And uh, I'll, in the show notes, I'll put links to the various places, Predictablemagic.com and uh, the books. And, and thank you very, very much. and uh, Oh my pleasure, my pleasure. And keep up the good work.
2: All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Perfect.
0: Right. So I want to thank, again, California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Polstring Press, for this great place. Have these fascinating conversations. If you're interested in partnering with our podcasts, send us a note to partner at 805connect.com. Hey, Patrick this yeah. that was a that was that was short but a good one
1: I, some some of the best ones uh, yeah you know it's that that concept of, of uh, t- taking the toy away from the child just before they get uh, get all the <laughs> way through it you know and then and then they they'll want more so yeah definitely has that feeling where I think I mean anytime we get a good designer uh, in conversation I get uh, really excited especially I mean and that's the thing is like I have 50 questions about and maybe we'll have to try to get him back but um, you know he was at Xerox. You know, right r- r- at the prime time, Right prime time. Park. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. As it was emerging, right. As it was creating. And I, I really held back to, to ask the question about, uh, did you ever meet a guy named Steve Jobs who came around, uh, well, and, with and, Trip and Hawkins, Trip Hopkins, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking at your, uh, your, uh, your user interface, you know, if that's what he was into. Right. Yeah. No, fascinating stuff. And I, you know, just to, just to cover recap real quickly, I, I really did. When he said, we sent out a hundred people, or we sent out people and they came back with, with a, you know, 100 concepts that we needed to work towards. And student loans, that's a design oh firm taking on a policy right, like that. that.
0: I was like, what? I Fantastic. mean, I want to spend another half hour talking about that.
1: I think that if you're out there and you have information about this, uh, drop us a line. We'd love to hear more information about uh, how student loans are, are uh, being solved by designers, you know, <laughs> by designers.
0: Right. I mean, well, that's. But that's the thing about design yeah. is you go find a problem, and, yeah. and it's d- design. we I think he thought design was mechanical engineering.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and, and right. it's, no, it was industrial design. And I think in general, we think design is you have to go make something.
1: Well, too. and we think that student loans should be solved by policies. No, it turns out it'll be solved by designers just
0: absolutely amazing. So uh, I I would love to hear from you if you've got an idea, of you've met somebody or you heard somebody or you read an interesting book, uh, somebody we can get on the show and have these kinds of conversations with. um, Just drop me a note to mark at 805connect.com. And I really appreciate you listening to the show. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.